Welcome into this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan and Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we become in the process. Now let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Hey, Show Your Scars, I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving and that nothing weird happened or maybe some weird things happened because whenever you're with family, it's always fun to have um, something to talk about the next day. So I hope everybody thought about the things that they were thankful for and had time to reflect upon not only the blessings that we have in our life, but maybe how the injury that we're getting through is is starting to become a blessing in one way or another just teaching us more about ourselves. I am excited about this week. I am joined by Jenna Manecci, and Jenna is from Atlanta, Georgia, and she is calls herself Jenna Active Online. So she is not only a personal trainer, but she is now an author. And one of the coolest things that I'll talk about a little bit later is what we're gonna do with Jenna to help her as she uh, launches her first big project in that way. Over this podcast, Jenna and I talk about how Mia Hamm influenced her, how being good at football changed her career forever. And I'm talking American football, how her hands in that really changed everything for her. What, What and why she used patience and persistence with, why she started Gen Active, online, uh, helping other people. And then lastly, what Surviving 7 means to her and how she is looking forward to, especially this week and all that is to come with what she is launching. So I'm going to have her tell her story and we're going to start from the beginning. So here she is, Jenna Minecci. Guys, so excited that Jenna Minecci took a little bit of her time to join us. What is up, Jenna? Hey, how's it going, Jordan? I'm doing well. How did you get some snow? I did get some snow, and (laughs) it's October, which usually happens once or twice here in Colorado. We just never know what we're going to get, but um, you're enjoying some, some hot weather in Atlanta. Yeah, the high is about 86 today, so <laughs> snow sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> um, I love it. I can't wait to just share with people more about what you're doing and uh, who you are. And I think a good way to start that is to just talk about your background and where you grew up and what got you interested in sports and being an athlete. Yeah, uh, well, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, kind of a suburban neighborhood, and um, pretty much my whole childhood was playing outside in the neighborhood, every sport imaginable, um, making up sports as we go, I mean, just playing sun up to sundown, so um, that's kind of how I got into sports, but I always felt that since I was the only girl, it was all guys, I really had to um, compete harder and always kind of prove myself. So that was definitely what instilled a lot of the athlete tendencies tendencies in me because uh, those are still some of the traits that I use today that kind of keep me successful. So, um, but I really, oh, sorry. I was just <laughs> Go going to say, do you think that helped instill your competitive edge? Oh, definitely, definitely. Because um, you didn't want to look silly in front of the neighborhood kids and be like the the one right. person that got, you know, never chosen for the exactly. roller hockey you know, in the neighborhood. 
it's summer break and your moms are working. They don't want to take you anywhere. So you kind of either play with the kids in your neighborhood or you just don't have friends, you know? So it was, if I couldn't hang, if I wasn't tough enough with the boys and they told me I couldn't play, then I wasn't going to get to do anything. So it was kind of always that secondary, you know, I have to be the best. I have to prove it to them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, it, you know, that was all. It, it taught me to be strong. So that was much needed later with my ACL injuries. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so you, I feel like, I don't know, maybe kids do grow up playing games in the neighborhood, but you're so right. Like, I think a lot of our athleticism gr- started from, like, jumping off of walls and fences and climbing trees and running away from each other <laughs> in the backyard and um, it's sad to think like a lot of kids don't maybe do that anymore, but do, was there a point of time during your childhood where you picked a sport and you were like, okay, this is what I, I really like doing this? Yeah, well, my two favorites were always football and soccer. Um, football, I was so good at catching stuff. Uh, I always played ride receiver. It was my favorite. Uh, and soccer because I was just really good with my feet and really good at kicking. I could kick the ball farther than most girls could, so I always kind of like to sort of go off with that. Um, but I didn't really uh, sign up and start playing soccer until I was maybe 10 or 11, which is kind of older compared to how, how young certain kids are doing it these days. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was because I discovered Mia Hamm uh, and basically became – with her yeah the best ever <laughs> um, just wanted to be the next Mia Hamm I mean just poster everywhere my jersey had to be number nine I mean it was very obsessed yes <laughs> she she was a great role model so that's definitely a good impact in my life yeah tell me about it like Mia Hamm posters all up on my wall talk about a moment where <laughs> I was an adult and I had to pick my jaw up off the floor when I was training with one of my teams um, in Boston and like, look who strolls up to our crossing and finishing drill, Mia Hamm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to score goals, Jordan. Mia Hamm is standing right there and you have to make her proud. (laughs) Like she couldn't even care. Oh Oh, yeah, I was so excited. I remember back when they had the, I guess it was the women's pros team back in the 90s and in Atlanta we had the Atlanta beat oh and yeah then you did Neo played yeah, for the Washington early 2000s Freedom. uh-huh yeah so I used to go to every game every single game and the game where they had Washington Freedom versus Atlanta beat I sat there in my Mia Ham jersey and after the game I waited for like three hours to get her autograph and turns out the whole rest of the Washington Freedom team was on the tour bus ready to go and Mia was one person away from writing my autograph, and they called her back to the bus. So I was one person away from getting no it. And I think, way. I don't know, that kind of always stuck with me. Like, I was so close, you know, but well, um, she was I, right there. <laughs> I have some friends who are friends with her, so maybe if they listen to this, they might be able to get you that Mia Ham autograph. <laughs> uh, <laughs> A few years later, but that, still, it that counts the same. Fulfilling, yeah. Uh, a while later, but still. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of fell in love with soccer because of, the, you know, everything that was happening. It was really a great time to be, and it still is, to be a women's athlete in America, but the, the surge it of was. women's soccer in the late 90s and early 2000s, everybody wanted to play. So Mia Hamm really helped you get into the sport. appeal, too, was that the rules were the same for men and women. And I don't know if it's a good way, but it, I kind of – 
I always played baseball growing up with my dad, but to me, the ideal of softball was like, it wasn't baseball. And, you know, so I just, and football, they didn't really have, you know, non-tackle football leagues for girls. So it was kind of like soccer has the same rules. Um, even lacrosse has different rules for men and women. So to me, it was like, this is it, you know, um, but I loved it. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> I love that. So, um, you you played for a club team, or you played high school, or what was kind of your? I think. Well, I yeah. Go ahead. Started off at a read, just kind of. Hey, I like this. Let me try it out. Um, within about a year, I realized that it was so fun, and I was so good. I wanted to do year round. I wanted you know skilled coaches versus just somebody's dad and. Uh, you know, I really wanted to be serious about becoming the next me and Am. So mm-hmm. I, I signed up for a, a select league and tryouts, and I made a team and started doing like the travel select soccer thing, and it was awesome um, until I tore my ACL. <laughs> and at that point, um, you're how old? And had you ever? Did you even know that you had an ACL in your body? Like, had anybody around you done that before? So it's funny you ask that. Yes and no. Um, there, I was 13, uh, and there was a girl on our team. Her name was LJ, and she had torn her ACL and then rehab, came back, and then tore her ACL on the other knee. Mm. And, you know, we're all 13-year-olds, so we're just kind of like, oh, sucks for LJ. We're sorry, totally. LJ. That sucks. But yeah. we didn't really grasp the depth of how devastating and hard that was. Um, because, you know, we were 13, we were yeah. young and immature. And, and so it's funny because when I tore mine and found all that out, I probably thought back to her and kind of thought, gosh, like this, this just seems so common. Like how could it have happened so easily to both of us? And it really made me kind of reflect back on her and she wasn't playing anymore at that point. But, um, yeah. but yeah, that we really didn't familiarity with it except the fact that this girl on our team had torn it and we all just thought oh we're so sorry but yeah yeah um so do you remember do you still remember the day that you tore your ACL and how much you felt like everything you I mean oh yeah devastating (laughs) you don't forget that you know that so yeah yeah um yeah we were we were playing in a state soccer tournament it was our last state cup basically the final tournament of the year and mm-hmm. um it was the final series of games on the last day so i think it was our last game our last game and our goalie got injured so coach was kind of freaking out and he looks around and then he kind of connects two and two together and realizes like wait a second jenna can catch you know so because he walks football. over yeah <laughs> he walks over to me and he says okay i need you to play goalie i know you've never played goalie before I know you probably don't want to play goalie because most people don't, but you're doing it, and here's what I want you to know. And I'm, I'm kind of looking at him in shock, like, what is he talking about, you know? Yeah. Um, so he tells me all he wants me to do is when the ball comes into the box that he wants me to challenge the, the forward with the ball and just go for the ball, tackle and go for the ball and grab it. He said, that's all I want you to know. And I said, okay, coach. So I went in. Um, about halfway through the game, maybe three-fourths of the way through the game, uh, the goal, the ball finally went on our side of the field. I guess we had, had a pretty good game so far, so I didn't yeah. have to do much. But right. the forward comes in the box, and as soon as the ball crossed into that box, I did exactly what he said. And I just charged that ball with all my force, and I grabbed it. I 
I took out the girl in the process and I felt the pop. Um, I remember feeling it and I remember thinking like, what the heck was that? You know, it was yeah. kind of like, but I had such a rush of emotions from actually listening to what my coach said and doing it that I was kind of <laughs> on this high of like, yeah, like I just did that versus like, okay, my knee hurts, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of just in this like exciting high from the adrenaline and I sort of stand up and I look around, everyone's cheering. I realize what I'd done. They didn't throw a yellow card, even better, you know? So I go to punt the ball to get the game going again. And it was the ACL on my punting leg. So mm-hmm. as soon as the ball hit my foot, it basically flopped to the floor and just mm-hmm. like hit the ground. And yeah. I kind of looked up and I was like, help, help. Like I just, I didn't even know what to do. And I, I kind of stood on my leg and it buckled. And mm-hmm. so luckily the game was almost over, but I started waving for coach, like coach, you know, something's wrong. Like, you know, if the ball comes back here, I'm not going to be able to get it. Like something's wrong. You stayed in the game? Yeah, he wouldn't let me out because we didn't have another goalkeeper. So he kind of was like, you're fine, you're fine, you're walking, you're fine, you know. Um, And now that I know so much about ACL injuries, that just sticks in my mind so much because there are so many different symptoms when you first tear it. And I guess that's such a coach's thing, oh, you're walking, you're fine, and then the athlete keeps playing. So yeah, it's just, the, uh, I mean, technically you are fine if your ACL is torn, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it's it's not that painful when it right when it happens, it's a strange thing. But after that, it's not that painful. It's just your knee is at risk for for further injury, and so that's right. what you're mentioning is like knowing what I know now is like I could have planted and then torn my meniscus and mm-hmm. done this or that. So, oh my gosh, yeah. So you're 13 <laughs> and. You get your MRI and you find out that you tore your ACL and do, like, what are the emotions and the thought process that you go through that as a, you know, a young kid? Because I think there's a lot of people that listen who have either a child in that situation with an injury or they are that person who's like, I don't know how to deal with this. Cause for you, like you said, like you wanted to be Mia Hamm and you had this huge aspiration to be something so wonderful and you know aspire to be the the best of the best and in that moment it probably feels like I can never do that anymore yeah um it was a lot of disbelief um because I was so young and because I guess our generation of athletes so to speak was just kind of going through the process of all these ACL tears Mm -hmm. so it wasn't really as common as it is now um Mm -hmm. So I remember sitting in the doctor's office and literally saying, you know, what's an ACL? And I just, I remember the surgeon being so, you know, oh, you're fine. It's okay. I have a guy next door who just did his second one. And I looked at him horrified, like, are you kidding? You know, and I need surgery, like surgery on my knee. Why? Like, why can't you just put a cast on me and send me home? I mean, so it was kind of just shock and disbelief because, you know, you have no clue the journey ahead of you at that point. And mm-hmm. um, so that was more of just, okay, I, I, you know, I'm about to start high school, but I have to have knee surgery, like, right. you know, so it, it, it was a lot for sure. <laughs> yeah. And do you remember that first rehab and maybe some, some pain points or some moments where you felt yourself either, you know, the struggle or the 
the strengths? Like, what were some a couple things that you hit on, if you can remember, of both of those feelings? Um, you know, I think I have more memories of some of the later surgeries versus that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I do just remember being shocked at how painful it was. Uh, this one was the patella tendon graft, and I just felt like somebody had just shoved a knife in my knee and just left it there. And, mm. you know, my mom and I weren't really informed on what to do and how to do it all. And so it was a lot of trial and error and kind of fighting on our part because, you know, she was trying to help me get to the bathroom and I'm screaming at her, this hurts, this hurts. And she's yeah. like, I can't oh, yeah. help it. And so, it, you know, it was, just a lot of confusion, honestly, um, which I think really could, you know, educating other athletes on this could really help some of that. So Yeah. And that, I mean, it is really just painful at the beginning. I remember that same feeling of, like, I have to go to the bathroom, and if anybody touches my leg the wrong way or <laughs> down on the ground, it just hurts so bad. I started using a, um, which I tell a lot of people now, like a, like a shower stool, I would use the shower stool in the shower when I would shower, obviously, sit on that um, so my leg could be straight and, like, on the bathtub or something. And then mm-hmm. I, I would take the shower stool out, and when I went to the restroom, I would prop my leg up because that felt way more comfortable than having it, like, straight in. Right, and all the blood just, flow on uh, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the um, worst part. <laughs> so you kind of hinted at this already, that there were multiple injuries. So you get passed in through this one and you're, you how, how quickly did you come back and then what was kind of the uh, the next stage in your injury process so my when i had this injury my biggest goal was i said i was starting high school my biggest goal was to make the high school soccer team because in my mind that was another step in the road to being the next mia ham right mm-hmm. um so i had this injury and uh ironically my injury was in like September when school was starting, but I couldn't have my surgery until uh, April, which was actually the day of soccer tryouts. So it was extremely ironic that my surgery was the same day as high school soccer tryouts. Right. <laughs> um, my injury kind of went misdiagnosed for a while, which is why it took so long for the surgery. Um, mm. But I started, you know, rehabbing every single day. And once I was discharged from therapy, I did stuff on my own. I went to the local elementary school every day to run sprints, to practice ball handling drills. I just was so determined to be better than I was before and good enough to make that um, team, to make the high school team. Right. Um, So I think, I guess it was about 10 months that I came back and, At first, I started playing rec soccer because I just thought, okay, I'm not 100% yet, but my doctor has cleared me and said I can play. Mm -hmm. So let me start playing this rec league and kind of get my confidence back and get ready for spring tryouts. Okay. And so I'm playing in the rec league, and I guess about three months or so go by. And uh, then I'm goofing around at practice. (laughs) and we're all kind of goofing around just taking corner kicks and then after that we just decide to all run down the field and practice crossing the ball to each other Um, and so I run down the field and I plant my left foot and I try to cross the ball from the right side of the field and my left leg just like buckles underneath me Um, Mm. and I knew immediately like when you do it again you know you know Um, 
And I was in such disbelief that I just laid there. I had fallen and I laid there on the ground and I, I started laughing because it was kind of my reaction. I was in such shock that I was like, this can't be real. Like, come on, you know? And um, I remember my coach came up to me, get up. You're fine. You're laughing. Get up. And I'm like, coach, I just tore my ACL. I can't get up. He's like, what are you talking about? So he finds a doctor. He brings the doctor over. And that was the thing, again, kind of from my first injury, and this is a different coach, um, is none of them believed me. You know, they, mm-hmm. oh, you're not in immense pain, you know, stand up. I said, right. guys, if I stand up, my knee's going to buckle and I'm going to fall. Will you guys catch me? They said, yeah, yeah, of course. So I stand up and I try to put weight on it and it buckles and I fall on my face and they don't catch me. <laughs> um, oh so it, it was kind of just one of those I know and you don't know because you haven't done it. You know, you haven't been there. Yep. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Which you know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I do distinctly remember I kind of instructed them all, okay, at, at that point with that injury, I couldn't even put any weight on it. The first injury I kept playing. And it was your so, right leg first and then your left leg second? Yes. Okay. Yep. So – I called my mom. I said, hey, bring my crutches. Come to the soccer field immediately. I had the coach kind of carry me over to an incline and had him lay me on the incline so I could start elevating. <laughs> like, you already know what to do, right? Right. Um, they're like, should we call an ambulance? And I'm like, no, no. you know, the, the people in the ER, I need an MRI. They're not going to know anything. They're just going to send me home. That's going to cost me a lot of money for right? something that's useless. <laughs> So it was kind of just, and I I remember my coach asked me, you know, why are you shaking? Is it from the pain? And I said, no, it's from what I know I have to do now. So that was kind of, I remember saying that even though I was 14 years old, it was kind of crazy. So, um, but uh, little did I know that wasn't the end of my battles. (laughs) Yeah. um, So you recovered from that one and then you've had a few other surgeries since then so you recover from that and you're then what 15 years old so I didn't actually recover from that so I had that surgery I used the same surgeon from the first surgery Um, I would say about two months after that surgery I'm getting to the point where I can start jogging and squatting and and, you know more functional things and Mm -hmm. Everything is extremely painful in both knees. The knee that, you know, had been surgically repaired a year ago and was strong and the knee that had just had a surgery two months prior. And that was the hardest part was nobody believed me. And they kept think, they kept saying, you know, oh, just take the pain, just work through it. And I'm like, look, this doesn't feel right. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't. It, so... Um, I wasn't able to progress, and my surgeon never understood why. So I sought an opinion from another surgeon who connected we connected me with the athletic trainer who has now um, kind of been my uncle <laughs> almost mm-hmm. for the last 14 years. But they determined that the first surgeon put both of my grafts in at the wrong angle causing them to basically stretch out really quickly and become non-functional, which was why I was in so much pain. Um, Because your knee was moving more than it was supposed to as the Right. Yeah. It was almost like I had a torn ACL in there, even though I'd had surgically repaired graft ACLs, but they just weren't working. Um, Mm -hmm. And 
So I'm being told all this as, you know, a 14, almost 15-year-old, somewhere around that that lines. And I had an ACL surgery my freshman year of high school, and I had one my sophomore year. And now this surgeon is telling me I need one my junior year and my senior year. And I'm just to redo the graphs that were just done because they were done incorrectly. Yes. Yep. Um, so that was, you know, that was a lot because not only did I know what I was in for and I knew it was at that point in my life, it felt never ending because when you're in high school, that's all your life is, you know. Yeah. Well, it's you, <laughs> um, you. But also my, you know, my playing career was over. I, there, there was no way I could expect to be the athlete I was before on top of expect to gain all those, you know, those playing time years back to make my skill good enough to even play in college. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was, it was a lot. Um, It was, and and even though I'd been through the surgery twice, it was still just as terrifying. It didn't, it didn't change any of that. Um, Right. So how do you like wrap your, do you remember, I mean, I know I got into some some hard, dark moments, right, where you just – everything seems like it's just not going your way and you don't understand and you mm-hmm. can't figure it out. Like, do you remember moments like that and kind of something that helped you or what yeah. you did to try to get through those? I do. You know, I, I remember a lot of the why me and, you know, mm-hmm. why why did this happen to me? I want this so badly and – at this point, I had even um, started being one of the managers for the soccer team at high school so I could still be involved. And mm-hmm. I was out there shagging balls for girls while I was on crutches, and they were too lazy to even get their balls. Or And then they were complaining about running sprints. And I, mm-hmm. I, I remember looking at one girl like, I would kill to run sprints right now. I would, mm-hmm. I, I, You know, so that was hard because it, sometimes I would kind of, not necessarily get jealous of those girls but just they don't they don't appreciate it so why why can't I have it when I appreciate it like that type of feeling but I think in high school what really helped me was I started using like mental imagery and um like positive affirmation phrases Uh and I know I kind of had a a few self-pity days where I would just lay there and upset and kind of want to give up and I'm so alone no one gets it and I kind of talked myself through it and just sort of, I again thought back to what I'd read in Mia Hamm's book and how she had played on all these men's teams and how she never let the adversity stop her. And um, I just started telling myself patience, persistence. And honestly, I repeated that a hundred times and a thousand times until I started believing it. Um, and it kind of, when I'm doing quad sets and all that tedious stuff, that was what I had to tell myself every single time I did them was, was patience, persistent. Mm -hmm. And I just would repeat it and repeat it. (laughs) Um, that's awesome. It's awesome that you can remember that and pinpoint it as a moment of strength for you in a really tough time. And that's you, right? I think, I think the hard thing is always is that like, we, it feels like we don't have a decision in these moments, but we do. We can decide some days, yeah, you are fully allowed to sit there and be woe is me and, like, veg out and not feel like participating in all the Mm -hmm. crap that you have to go through. But 
that has to always be followed up by a day where you're like patience, persistence, and choose in your brain and your mind that you are going to look at this as a way that that you can get through this and how much stronger you're going to be and how much more you can take on after right. you've gotten through this. So um, I, I don't think like I always I always tell people like you have to sit in the pain like you have to feel the pain because if you just brush it aside and or push it down then mm-hmm. it's going to always be there. Right. You, you to- almost have to be vulnerable enough mm-hmm. to accept the pain in order to let go of it and yep. become stronger because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I remember when I when I tore the ACL the second time, once my mom picked me up and we knew, okay, don't go to the ER, we knew the drill, I just looked at her and I said, this happened way too easily. Yeah. You know, why, why is there not somebody preventing this or educating on this? And, you know, I was like 14 at the time. So it just, it um kind of from that moment on, that was before I faced the revision surgeries, I started saying, I'm going to learn everything about ACLs. And I started reading scholarly articles and I started shadowing my physical therapist and kind of working for him. I started working for him when I was like 14. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went and visited uh, my mom's alma mater college and met with the exercise science staff to make sure that I had the science knowledge to get in. And I just kind of was like, all right, I might be 14 years old, but I'm going to help this not happen to another girl was kind of. Yeah. Instead of I want to be the next Mia Ham, it was like, all right, I'm going to help another girl be the next Mia Ham yep. so that she doesn't have this happen, you know? Yep. So that's how it kind of all began with, um, and tell me if it's Jenna active or if it, is it Jen active? Um, it's kind of both. I mean, I usually say Jen active, but it's okay. sort of, uh, it, it is Jenna is what I go by, but I say Jen active as far as the business goes. So oh, perfect because the A is both. <laughs> And your name and and the the description word. So um, yeah. <laughs> so do you feel like that's kind of when it started and your love for um the how the body works and moves and yeah, helping people. So I think I've mentioned before my where I was introduced to my athletic trainer who uh-huh. um 14 years later is still prominent in my life. Uh, what's, it, what's his name? His name's Terry Trundle, and yeah. he goes by the Knee Man. <laughs> the Knee Man, um, and he's he, in Atlanta. He is in Atlanta. Um, he he basically started showing me the why behind my rehab, and that was huge too because you know I was talking about all the quad sets and the leg raises and how tedious that is, but once yeah. he told me the why and we're doing this because it's going to help with this and help to prevent that and it just all clicked to me and it made me realize how powerful the body is and how resilient it is. And it kind of made me realize that there need to be more people like him that specialize in that to, to, to help people sort of kind of reaffirmed my mission and all of that stuff. Great. So you still talk to him now and um, you, so you went through those two revision surgeries and now that was still during high school. So high school, you had four surgeries in four years. And now mm-hmm. you're you're out of high school. You're working at, in um, a sports performance place, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Um, in Atlanta, and within, I mean, I've I've noticed you over the last few months get more active in what you're doing now. But 
talk kind of what in the last few months has really pushed you into going more with this Jenna Active thing? Um, well, my last ACL surgery was in 2008, my senior year of high school. And um, so that was what? That's almost nine 10 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Nine, nine mm-hmm. 10 years ago. So mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I kind of, you know, my biggest goal was learn as much as, about the body to help others. And I just was so engrossed in that. And, um, you know, I, I kept learning more because I kept telling myself my knee is killing me. The more I learn, the more I can help my knee not hurt, and the more I can, you know, prevent needing a knee replacement one day. So, so it was, was a little, kind of, like, self, um, self-help as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I still have that goal of creating this empire one day. Um, Ooh, I like and, the word choice. <laughs> yeah. It kills, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it actually, it's, it's ironic how it all turns out because I had sort of hit a crossroads at work, and I just, I wasn't feeling fulfilled anymore, and mm-hmm. I reached out to Terry, and I told him, let's have lunch. I miss you. Let's talk. So this was April, um, so maybe five, six months ago, and we had lunch, and we're talking, and towards the end of the conversation, he says, okay, Jenna, how's your knee? And I, you know, haha, which one, right? And mm-hmm. <laughs> um, But more or less, I told him I was in constant pain, and I told him that I did everything for my pain, and that I did constant rehab and strengthening work, and that, you know, yeah. what else does he suggest that I do? And he, I kind of said, look, I've had four knee surgeries, so I guess that's expected, right? And he said, no. So he, he took me, we were in this little cafe, and he took me to the back of the cafe where there was a bench. And he laid me down on the bench, and he did the Lockman's test and all the ACL tests on me. And he says, Jenna, your left ACL is completely non-functional. No mm. wonder your leg has been killing you for 10 years. It's because your ACL is not working. And I'm kind of looking at him, I'm like, is this a joke? Like, yeah, is, like is it April not, Fool's Day? Not like, funny. what's going on? Yeah. It, it, so I had kind of done everything I could to forget about this whole journey I had in high school. And then it kind of came back slapping me in the face. And um, I found out that the surgery failed because they used a cadaver. And mm-hmm. apparently cadavers have about a 46% higher failure rate. So. Um, I then learned that there's only one surgeon in the greater Atlanta area that, that really is an expert at the procedures I needed um, because I needed a bone graft to fix all of the tunnels that I'd had drilled in high school. So on my birthday, my 27th birthday, I actually had my seventh knee surgery, which was a ACL removal and a bone graft. Um, and I am currently awaiting this bone graft to heal so that I can have my next ACL surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was kind of how I started. I had always used Gen Active, and I knew that would be what I did one day, but I sort of, the timing was never right. And I yeah. had to pay all my bills. And it just, and when I found out about the fact that I needed two more surgeries and how scary that is, and, you know, I don't live at home with my mom anymore to take care of me. and um, this is the only surgeon in Atlanta who does the surgeries. It's out of pocket. It's just there's so many scary factors that are totally different as an adult than as a teenage mm-hmm. child. Um, I kind of just I sat down and I just said, okay, I have to change my life, and I'm starting right now. And I just started 
everything I did was just ACL everything. And um, I kind of just was like, all right, this is this is the universe telling me that I have to pursue this and I'm starting right now. So. (laughs) Wow. So what's your goal with this, with Jenna Active and what you're doing um, right now to get the word out of what, you know, you're, you're doing a lot on social media. Just talk about kind of what the ultimate goal is and what you're doing to work towards that. Um, basically two ultimate goals. Um, number one would be to help any athlete who's torn their ACL through that process. Um, the mental process, the physical struggle, finding the right surgeon so they don't have a failed graft, um, you know, all the little things that you don't know unless you've been through it, that that type of thing. Uh, and the second thing is, is really kind of stems back from what I told my mom when I was little was I, I want to spread awareness on the increased risk of ACL injury for female athletes and how important incorporating injury prevention programs are for these athletes and how much they can truly help uh, females decrease their ACL injury risk. So that's, that's the big mission is those two. Well, dang, girl, we are on the same page. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's why when I found your stuff, I was like, oh, this is like my soul sister. Like, this is, like, amazing. <laughs> right? Uh, the great thing is, like, you can't do it alone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we need each other just like when we're athletes and we, we do get pulled away from our team or our sport from an injury. We have to rebuild a team, and I feel the same way with – what I'm doing with Share Your Scars and with the ACL Club is that there's a, there's a lot to be done, and I can't do this by myself. And I need people who have the same goals and and thoughts and how right. we can do this and how we can support one another. So I love what you're doing, and I think it's so powerful, and, and it's going to help so many people. Um, one of the things that kind of crossed my mind is, thinking about you know and we'll share your link to your instagram and people can follow you online that way as well but if you could go back and and be who you are right now and what you know what do you wish you would have known before surgery your first surgery that you know now um well i i i think firstly i would want to know the mental side how how difficult it is recovering mentally and uh, how hard that struggle is. Um, But also I would want to be more educated on ACL reconstruction, what that means, what graft types um, Mm -hmm. are, you know, what all of them are, what they do, the pros and cons. And um, right now I have a working relationship with my surgeon where I make as many suggestions as he does. And I just, I hope that for every athlete because my first, my second surgeon just, oh, cadaver's the best option for you. Here you go. And and I trusted right. him, but right. little did I know the failure rate was higher. And had I known that, I would have never said, okay, I trust you. I would have said, no, that's not what I'm doing. Um, so that was really just education on the mental side and education on the, the science and the reconstruction side and, and really um, – the long-term side effects of ACL surgery really are not as good as they're played out to be in the media. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something as a youth athlete, you're not really thinking of that in the moment because when you're young, you just think you're indestructible and you're not really thinking of how your knee's going to be in 10 years. And 
you know, this happened to me when I was 13, and so 10 years would be 23, and now I'm closer to the 20-year mark, and it's even scarier to think that I started having surgeries almost 20 years ago. It's just yeah. – um, so yeah. just more awareness for for those going through these problems yeah. for, for that side of it. How do you think that tearing your, your ACL – has impacted you and changed you as a person and then also as an athlete because you're still in the, you know, you're still an athlete. You still work mm-hmm. in the athletic world. Um, I think through each surgery I had, I had kind of a different learning, um, you know, learning curve and, and different growth out of each one. Um, I, you know, I talked about the patience and persistence and that was huge for me, but um 10 years later and I'm 27 years old now and I I knew what this would do to me mentally so I started preparing the second I found out the news and to be honest I've totally changed my life I've controlled my mindset in the moment every single day and not that I haven't had sad points and down points I'm still human that still happens but when I do have those down points I'm able to pull out my positive affirmation phrases and coach myself through it and change my mental attitude immediately. And um, I started writing down phrases every single morning. So the first thing I did when I wake up is pull out my little journal and write an entire list. It's about 20-something phrases, and they change day to day. Um, This morning I wrote day number 137. So it's actually been 137 days since I found this out, and um, most of it's I can, I am, and I will phrases. So I say things like, I will come back from this surgery stronger and smarter. I can do anything I set my mind to. Um, I will create a a large following in order to educate others on female ACL injuries, Uh, Mm -hmm. just different phrases like that to keep myself focused on my goals. And um, right now I have no ACL, so I'm sort of in limbo where I can do some stuff, but a lot of stuff hurts. And um, these these phrases have pulled me through it. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of bike riding, pretty that. much. That's that all it is. Well. <laughs> I had that same surgery, so I the stationary bike. <laughs> um, and and that's such a re, such a reflection of you're you're kind of going nowhere. That's what it feels like. So yeah, I just I can't stress enough how these phrases have changed my life, and it's been 137 days, but. I've designed an entire website on my own. I've written an entire book on my own. I, you know, I'm actually counseling people all around the world on their ACL surgeries. I mean, I I kind of look back and think what I've done in 137 days, and it's like it's not even real. So it just shows the power of the mind and just, you know, where my body's not strong right now, I have to be mentally stronger. And I knew that facing this seventh surgery. and you know, my surgery's still two months away, and I'm so prepared for it. So yeah. um, it's changed me as a person and an athlete, and it's it's going to continue to change my life forever. I truly believe that in, in yeah. a positive way. Yeah. So uh, That's so great that you – I love you just opening up and sharing that. And, um, you know, changing is a hard thing, like – Sometimes changes are are good, but most of the time, no matter what, you things have to shuffle around, and you have to make a real big like look in the mirror moment and say, 
Mm-hmm. All right, how can I make this better? And I, it's it's just great to hear you how you're using your mind because our mind can be our biggest tool or our like biggest weakness, and we have to start learning how to use it as a tool. Otherwise, it's going to do what it wants to do and not right. think negatively. Like our brains are programmed to think negative first, and mm-hmm. it's we survival work, mechanism. <laughs> yep, every day you have to work to to keep it in that good positive mindset the growth mindset so yeah. the last thing I have for you is you have some exciting news about maybe you mentioned it a little bit sort of yeah <laughs> we kind of <laughs> talked about it but tell me what's happening in December yeah so I haven't really mentioned it at all yet so far so this is exciting um I have a book coming out December 1st is the official launch date Ooh, uh, you know it now yeah <laughs> it's Oh, and my dog's freaking out. <laughs> um, He's excited. He is excited, right? <laughs> it's called Surviving Seven, The Expert's Guide to ACL Surgery. So um, it, it kind of encompasses everything. It's sort of what I wanted to be. Anyone who tears their ACL and they have that moment of shock and disbelief and scared and confusion my goal would be for them to buy this book and it's going to take them step by step through everything like the mental side, the physical side, like we were talking about how to use the bathroom, how to mm-hmm. take a shower. I mean, mm-hmm. how to find the right surgeon. It, it, I, it, it will be a step-by-step guide for any athlete that tears their ACL. So December 1st, they're really exciting. <laughs> well, good for you. That's so awesome. I'm really happy that you decided to do that and, um, those 137 days have really changed your life uh, for the better, and you've you've used your the power of your time and your brain to get to work and start helping people in the way that you know that you can. So, congratulations on that. Thank you, thank you so much. It, it's it's funny you asked me what I would do differently if I knew what I knew now, and that was mm-hmm. kind of the premise behind my book. Was I sort of sat down, all frustrated, facing these surgeries and. I started writing all these lists of, all right, I need to find my CPM machine. I need to get my ice machine, all this. And then I thought, wait, these other athletes don't know these things. And then I just started kind of writing to that athlete who didn't know. So it's super interesting that you asked that question. (laughs) Yep. Well, that's great. I think this will help a lot of people. And I'm sure it's helped you to just get through this time, this in-between of waiting for what's next. So, I'm excited to share that with people and um, get that into some people's hands with the ACL club because I think that's going to really help all our members because the, the thing is, like, we are all the ACL club. Like, anyone from who's torn their ACL to the people that are supporting us and are there are crutches, right? They know what it takes <laughs> yeah. to help these people through, and they sometimes need as much help as the people going through it do. So Very true. Um, this will be great, and I'm excited for you and December 1st. I'm going to mark it on my calendars, and we'll put links in here uh, to make sure everybody has has a way to get to it. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks, Jenna. I'm so glad I got to talk to you and um, hear about your story and tell, tell your story to everybody and kind of what you're doing and how you you took what happened to you and you used it to help others and, and maybe change your what you thought your role was going to be in this life to something different and maybe even more impactful. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to use my journey to help others. 
I hope you guys enjoyed that. We got into some good things with Jenna. She has a lot to say. She's obviously very knowledgeable, and she is about three days away from her book launch, and we couldn't be more excited for her here at the ACL Club. One of the things we're going to do is we want you guys to post on your Instagram. You need to tag us in the post, so in the writing, if because it's going to be a video. You can't tag yourself in the video, only in what you write, the caption below. Tag Jenna Active, J-E-N-N-A-C-T-I-V-E, and the ACL Club, and let us know what you have learned through the process of getting through your injury. It could be an ACL injury, it could be any kind of injury, but we wanna know how you've grown through this because Jenna is a good example of how you can get through something and how you can grow through it. I'm really excited to hear what you guys say. If you participate in this, you will be entered into win our prize, which is her book, Surviving Seven, which comes out December 1st, and a piece of gear from the ACL Club we're gonna give you a journey journal. And I think what's really cool about this is it correlates with what she's doing with her book. There's a chapter on writing down what's going on and kind of using journaling to help you through that. So that is gonna be our little giveaway, a book and a book to write in. I'm excited about this. I'm so proud of Jenna and I can't wait for you guys to tell us how you have grown. Thanks for listening to Show Your Scars. If you have a second, I would greatly appreciate you writing a little bit of a review on iTunes. A lot, a lot, a lot of you send me emails and I love it. And all of your emails say, thank you. Your podcast has helped me so much. The thing with it though, if you just send it to me personally, then everybody on iTunes, when they're searching, they don't see that the podcast helps so much. If you say it publicly, then people get to see that when they're scrolling through and then they decide to listen. That's how you can help impact lives. So I thank you guys for taking two minutes and writing a podcast review on iTunes. You guys are the best. I love this community. Go out there today and show your scars with pride.